Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. Amazing time. That message last night was so powerful. But today I invited Manuel Salcido. I said, you got to come and close it off for us. And all the way from Chino, he is a blessing. He's a son, and he's been a great son. So let's give him a warm welcome, Pastor Manuel Salcido. Amen. Now come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Oh, come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Come on, how many are glad to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. My God, the, the Holy Ghost is in this place. Amen. And how many have been enjoying the revival that happened the last three days? And if you ain't saved by yet, well, t- this is your day right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Get your Bibles as you remain standing. And go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. It's always an, an honor to be able to come home. This is my home right here. Amen. This is where it all began for me and my wife like 23 years ago, man. We came and uh, here to Living Word, and we're, God just begun a good work in our life, amen. And we're so grateful for this place. We're so grateful for our pastors, amen. We have, we have the best, amen. You, we got the best, amen. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. <clears throat> this morning, I want to speak a little bit about spiritual DNA, because you got to know who your daddy is, amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, you know who's your daddy? Okay. I know you guys have been hearing Pastor Ray Kirkland. He's awesome, amen? And he might have had you up here, but I'm bringing you back down here, amen? I'm bringing you back to living word, amen? Amen. 2 Timothy 1, verse 5 and 6. This is Paul writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, in the faith. And he begins right here reminding him. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and now your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that now lives in you. He's talking about the transferring of the DNA and the spiritual DNA that was in his life. And it was the faith that he had in God, his belief that he had in God. Timothy, how he believed in God, though his father was not saved, his father was not a believer, but Timothy, because of his mother, he was there and he had imparted in his life. He had faith, and that faith was the DNA that he had. Then in verse 6, uh, oh, he says it right there, And Eunice, and I am persuaded, now lives in you, and Timothy. Now it was alive in him. Then Paul says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now you see the transferring of The DNA, we all know the DNA is the seed, which is the word of God. Amen. That's what we get our belief in. That's what we believe in. But here Paul begins to say, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Meaning that Paul was his spiritual father. And that it was transferred when he laid hands on him. And that gift that Paul had, it came on Timothy. Can I hear an amen, somebody? And all of a sudden there was a DNA transfer and Paul told him, it's not just a gift of your faith, but there's going to be a stirring of the Holy Ghost uh, that it's not going to be common unto man. You're going to move in great and mighty ways. Amen. And so that's what he was talking about. 
Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit that is already moving in this house, God. I pray, God, that you would move in such a way that would be life-changing, God. Knock down the walls of religion and the walls of logic and our own understanding, God. And I pray, God, that this morning, God, that you there would be a stirring uh, of the Holy Ghost, God, of the DNA of this house, my God, into every heart and every life, my God. Father, I thank you for what you're getting ready to do, God. Uh, we bless your name, God, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> so I'm talking about this morning about spiritual DNA. It's very important to understand the, 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 the spiritual DNA that is being imparted to you. Here at Living Word, uh, as I came, my wife and I came, like I mentioned at the beginning, 23 years ago, we came in, tore up, beat up, yeah, having good old fights on Saturday night and Friday night, uh, just like a lot of you all, amen, somebody, and, uh, uh, but we came into the house of God broken, beat up, tore up, and, and, and we came in uh, with a messed up uh, situation, but because of what God was doing in this place, man, we got infected with the Holy Ghost, can I hear an amen, somebody, and God began to do a work within our life, we were reborn, we were rebirthed again, and God began another, a, a good work within our life, and, and it was in the process of that, there was being instructed in us and imparted to us a DNA that, 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 that brought everything what God has doing in our life today. It's a DNA structure, because when you think about DNA, DNA is so important. That's why I entitled this, Who's Your Daddy? Who's Your Daddy? And, and many of us, you know, when I came to the Lord, uh, you know, I didn't know who my daddy was. I never met my father. I never, I, I seen a picture of him one time, and, and it just made me more mad because I seen a picture, but I never seen him physically, you know, in, in, in my presence or anything like that. So my whole life, before I knew the Lord, I, I was searching, man. I, I didn't know who I was. I had no, I, I, though I had his DNA, I had knew nothing about it. And I was living life blindly, just trying to figure out who I was. Praise God for my mom. She was there, but she couldn't give me what I needed from a father. She could not take that place that I needed from a father. And so my whole life before I got saved, there was a, a void in my life. There was an emptiness that I needed. I needed a father. I needed somebody to speak life into me. I needed somebody to let me know, hey, that's not right. Uh, if you continue to do that, you're going to end up over here. Uh, you need to change your evil ways. Hello, somebody. And this is what you need to do. You need to start making these things. Uh, I needed that within my life. I went to the streets to try to look for it, looked up to the older homies hello somebody uh, and they're in, in the streets and the gangs and drugs and where I found nothing it just made me deeper in my despair deeper and when I got saved uh, and I remember reading in the word of God that that the Bible says that he is the father to the fatherless that I have a heavenly father in heaven that loves me that will accept me just the way that I was uh, and he was able to to embrace me and to love me and to speak life into me the, the way that I needed it can I hear it because he knew exactly who I was but then also the Bible says that God will give us shepherds after his heart that God will give us shepherds after his heart. In other words, if he's my heavenly father, he's a father to the fatherless, and praise God for that, but then he brings a man, a, a physical man that has the heart of God, uh, like the Bible says, shepherds after his own heart, uh, that will lead me and guide me, uh, that will give me what is coming from God imparted to my life. 
and is able to speak life to me. And I remember there, as I was there young, uh, just, just receiving everything that, that my pastor was preaching behind the pulpit. At first, I was just receiving it from behind the pulpit. And I received a lot, man. Every time I made the altar call, whatever God put in his heart to preach, uh, it was just for me. Can I hear an amen, somebody? And I, and I was learning. I was being discipled behind the pulpit. Many people think, oh, you know, I need to be discipled one-on-one. No, you can't even handle what's behind the pulpit, and then you want one-on-one. You get all offended. Oh, my God, it got so quiet in this Baptist church. For the first few years, I, got the, I was getting discipled behind the pulpit. And I was in the words that, that my, my pastor was preaching. It was coming from God. Uh, and I was open and I was receiving it. Why? Because I was hungry. Because I had a hunger in my heart. Uh, I wanted to learn. Uh, and I needed to be led. Uh, I did not know the direction I was going. Uh, and I needed somebody to teach me the way. And so God began to impart life into me. Through my pastor, m- me and my wife, we, man, we began to come alive. We began to come alive. Then we got involved in ministry. We got involved in the children's ministry. We were in, uh, in the sound ministry. I was in the children's ministry. I was in the youth ministry. I was in the couples ministry. I was in the school of ministry. T- I, I was in almost every ministry in the church. I got active and involved. Because uh, many people want to be a disciple and you want to be taught, but then you don't want to really do anything. Being a disciple is somebody that is active in the house of God, that is there. And we had double services. At the beginning, I just went to the later service because you know how we all want to sleep in when the pillow gets you in the headlock. You ate that big old burrito the night before and all of a sudden you feel all demon possessed. With heartburn, you're dying every day. Hello, somebody. We just, at the beginning, we just came after the 11 o'clock service. After about not even a year, we were going to both services. Nobody had told us to do that because we had a hunger because we were growing in the grace of God. We found where we were rooted and planted. We we, we planted ourselves there, and because we planted ourselves there, we were being nurtured by everything that was taking place here in Living Word. We were being nurtured. We were growing. And we got involved in ministry and got involved in, then eventually that was there, pastor began to work with me and began to impart to me and just began to show me what it was to be a man of God. Just what it was to be a father. Just what it was to be responsible. And and when when I was getting kind of weird, he would tell me, don't get proud, Manuel. And at first I'd say, you know, because you know, when you're proud, you know you're proud because somebody tells you that, you think, I'm not proud. Then you're really proud. You're all full of yourself. But really, you're just full of air. Hello. From that burrito you ate. And he would begin to instruct me and tell me, and he was imparting life to me. And then, as we began to grow, then he began to give me opportunity to grow. He began to give me opportunity, and little did I know, man, there was being an impartation that was being placed in our life, me and my wife, and and things were being inserted into us. And at the time, we didn't understand. At the time, we didn't know what was going on. 
But the proof is in the pudding. Hello, somebody. You know who your daddy is because the next thing you know, you start thinking like them. You start acting like them. Uh, you start moving in the direction of them. Then you can grow with them. Then you can move, uh, you know, the, whatever needs to be done together. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Because you've learned how to humble yourself in the presence of God. It takes humility to, do, to learn that. Because my pastor used to always tell me, don't get proud, man. You'll stay humble. And he used to tell me, and he still tells me, the power's in humility. The way up is down. When you begin to humble yourself, that takes you down. But then grace lifts you up. Can I hear an amen, somebody? And you need grace, and I need grace. You're not going to go anywhere by your smarts or by your big head. You need to understand it's not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of the living God. And the only way the spirit of the living God is going to move in your life, when you humble yourself in the hand of God, and you receive the grace of God, and God's grace gives you the strength that you need for the race. It's all the grace grace we ain't nothing we're just a mud ball some of us a little bit bigger mud ball and smaller mud balls but we're just mud balls we're formed out of the out of the dirt out of the dust of the earth oh thank God for his grace it takes humility to do what God's called you to do it takes humility to allow somebody to, to speak life to you and for that DNA to be transferred into your life. And now we've been there, we've been with my, our pastor 23 years and, and we've been pastoring 16 years uh, there in Chino Hills. And guess what I'm doing? I'm not doing my own thing. I've been, I'm doing everything that has been entrusted to me. Like Paul told Timothy, those things you see me do, those things you heard me say, entrust to reliable men that one turn would be able to give it to others. And that's all we're doing. I'm giving what being given to me. Because I carry the DNA of our spiritual father. And it comes from our heavenly father which is the word of God. Amen. Oh, what amen? <laughs> See, when you have DNA, DNA is so important. As you look at physical DNA, when you look at the components that a physical DNA has, it, it carries genetic instructions. Did you know your physical DNA has instructions? It doesn't need you to tell it what to do. It doesn't need to be activated by anything. It has the ability to instruct to where it is needed in your body. When you get cut and you're there, your, your, your skin is wounded, your DNA is able to form cells that will bring that wound back together. It's able to heal itself. The DNA carries genetic instructions for the development, functioning, growth, and reproduction of all known organs and many viruses that our body carries. Our DNA is so powerful. And as we look at the physical DNA, the spiritual DNA carries the same traits, carries the same instructions, that if you're really serving the Lord and you're really committed to Him and you're really losing your life in the Lord to find it of what God has for your life, and as you're really planted in the house of God, you will flourish and your DNA, the DNA that's being given will bring life to you. It'll bring life to you. The same way, the same components. There's instruction inside of you and that instruction is the Holy Spirit. Our counselor, our guide, our strength. The one that even intercedes for you. The one that, that, that shows you, that speaks to you to humble yourself. 
to learn how to submit to spiritual authority, to learn how to trust and believe in, and have faith. That DNA has instruction, the Holy Spirit. And the instruction that comes from the Holy Spirit is all is development. It's there to develop you, to develop you. It, it means that the word develop means to, to grow or cause to grow or to become mature, advance or to advance or to develop, develop in areas. Many of us don't grow. We're there where you're still the same way you were five years ago. You think you're like Jesus. I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. No, Jesus was the same yesterday, today, and forever because he was perfect yesterday. He's perfect today, and he's perfect forever. We weren't perfect yesterday. So we got to go. We got to develop. We got to be transformed. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, and all the new that comes, comes from God. So there's got to be a transformation. There's got to be a development within our spirit, within our life. If you're not growing, if you're the, still the same that you were six months ago, then there's a breakdown in your DNA. If you're, not, if you're still the same that you way you were even 30 days ago, there's a breakdown. Because when you really are in God and the spiritual DNA is being transferred into your life, it's a living organism. It's something that is alive and it's there to change you. To develop you, to make you into a man or woman of God. And it's also there to begin to pull down all your logic, all your understanding, all your pride, uh, all your arrogance, and all the teaching that you had before you came to God. God wants to develop you. He wants to bring development. You have it in you. And the DNA that we have is our reach, teach, mend, and send. That's our mission, our purpose, our vision. And everything is in there. And everything in there reflects the DNA that we have. Our mandate, our calling. And it's so powerful. It's alive. But if you have to get infected by it. You, because uh, it's like a virus. You know, we all got scared of the virus uh, that happened uh, in 2020. And it was real. It was there. And, 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 and it, it spread it like crazy. It was, it's alive. It was a living germ that was being transferred. That's the same way that the DNA of our reach, teach, mend, and send, when you get infected by it, it's transferred. When I came here to Living Word 23 years ago, 20, my wife and I came, we got infected from our pastor with the DNA from heaven. Can I hear an amen, somebody? And we live it, we breathe it. That's all we do there in, in Chino Hills. We've been doing that for 16 years and we haven't come to the end of it. There's so much more. There's so much in those things right there that God is developing. That we are still being developed, my wife and I, and my children there in Chino Hills. The church is being developed. Uh, we haven't plateaued. We don't come to a place, oh yeah, this is good. We'll just kick it here for a while. And we'll just, because, you know, this is good. No, no, no. Man, God is constantly developing us. Uh, God is constantly growing things in us. Uh, and we're finding out there's more inside of us because of the DNA that has been imparted into our life. There's so many things. We are in revival right now. 
And thank God we just had a revival, but I'm talking about the revival of a soul, revival of the heart of a man, revival, the renewing of something that God wants to do within your life. The God that we serve, he's not a dead God. He's alive and well, and he lives inside of you, and he wants to take you to a place you've never been. He wants to show you great and mighty things. He wants to do great things through your life, but he got to get past your, your own logic and understanding. And the way that you think life is. And the way that you think you are. Because many of us here this morning, the way you think about yourself, you're really not who that is. You're an imposter. Because you're just taking on the mask of your past. And you think that's who you are, your identity. We just did a series in Chino Hills called Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis is something that when, uh, uh, you, know, you, er, you know, reach a certain level in your life or a certain age, you begin to question things. Or not only that, but it means also that when a drastic change happens in your life or your pattern of life. And the Bible says that we're transferred from death to life. That when we get saved, that's an identity crisis. Because you're moving in one direction. You're there. You're a sinner. You're, we're all sinners. And we're there living sin uh, to the law in the large. Uh, how many know I'm talking about? Hanging out with Sally in the alley and, and scaring Mary. Uh, dropping it like it's hot at the club. Uh, and trying to get back up. Hello. You know, thinking you're all that in a bag of chips. And, you know, you're thinking you're a bag of hot Cheetos. But you're just a bag of chicharrones. <laughs> Crunchy. And dry. Before we got saved, you thought you were a pimp and a player. Huh? You thought you were all that. You thought you were, you know, pimp daddy. And I'm talking about the women. Hello, somebody. Pimp mama. We had an identity who we thought we were before we got saved. I used to think that I was, a, you know, from the neighborhood, from the barrio, and, you know, that's what I knew my whole life. I was good at, you know, ironing my clothes. <laughs> I should have worked for the cleaners, huh? <laughs> they would have hired me quick with starch and everything, getting ready to go out and park, man, I spent hours getting ready. I thought that's what my identity was, uh, outward, something that was, ex, you know, expressed outwardly. But yet in my heart, in my life, I had a bunch of holes in my life. There was no uh, security. I was so fearful inside, but yet I had all these walls and I put up all these things thinking who I was. And it was just a bunch of lies. When I had an encounter with Jesus Christ, he knocked down all my walls. Uh, he said, Manuel, you're not who you think you are. Uh, that's not who I created you to be. Uh, yeah, you might have been, you know, made in sin and birthed in iniquity. Uh, you might have been through that and you might have been brought up in an environment that was dysfunction. Uh, you might have got involved in gangs and drugs uh, and did all them crazy things, but that's not who you are, man. You're, that's not your identity. You're a son, uh, yeah, and I love you, uh, and you're mine, uh, and I have a plan, and I have a purpose. Uh, I have a destiny laid out for you, Manuel. Before you were even a twinkle in your mother and father's eye, uh, I knew you. Uh, I knew you by your name, uh, and I created you in advance to do great things for me. You are my handiwork, Manuel. Manuel. 
And I got saved. And I found out I wasn't who I was. I was in an identity crisis. When I came here, I didn't know who I was. I was lost. Trying to be a father, but I didn't know what a father was. Trying to be a husband, but I didn't know what a husband was. Nobody ever showed me that. All I saw was dysfunction. All I saw was, uh, you know, being raised uh, with just a mom in a broken family. Uh, and there, and, you know, in the early years of my life, in the projects, uh, living on welfare, everybody always angry and mad. And, and, you know, just an environment that breeded sin and frustration. And then I got saved and God showed me, no, Emmanuel, that's not. Turn around. Stop looking back. Stop looking back. That's not who you are. And God began to show me that he had a plan for my life. And I thank God for this ministry. This ministry, man, I know it was the Lord. But God used this ministry. God used my pastor to speak life into me. And people might get, well, that's just a mess. Man, you're crazy. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You can't even obey man. Then you can't obey God. The Bible says you're a liar. Well, I don't listen to nobody but God. And this God shows me. God shows me even in the morning what I need to wear today. He shows me what, man, you're a liar. You're just still tweaking, man. You, you, you're still jacked up from all the drugs you put in your, your life. Man, I would encourage if you, if somebody talks like, get away from them. They're going to mess you up. We're sheep, like Pastor Ray said the other night, we're sheep. And we, we have to be led. We have to be led by a shepherd. And that's why the Bible says that God puts shepherds that have the heart of God. Why nobody wants to do it? Because no, no, nobody wants to humble themselves. I really believe that the Bible says that in Timothy, it says that there are many teachers, but there are very few fathers. How many heard that before? And right away, we want to say, okay, well, where's the fathers at? We want to blame them. No, I think there's very few fathers because there's very few sons. Nobody wants to be a son anymore. You just want to be a son of a gun. Nobody wants to be a son no more. That's why there's very few fathers. That's why there's a lot of teachers. Everybody just wants information. Everybody just wants information. And you want to pick and choose like it's some spiritual buffet. I'll take a little bit of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blessing. Oh, yeah. Let me get a double up of that. Praise the Lord. Wait, obedience? Nah. I had some three years ago. I didn't really like it. <laughs> Serving? Nah. Nah, I work all week, man. How come I, I can't serve now? Nah, I, I'll, I'll pass on that serving stuff. Let somebody else eat that. Oh, that, yes. Uh, uh, promotion and, and, and blessing and favor. and Oh, yeah, I take a whole bunch of that. We think it's some spiritual buffet that we have. And we're not eating, even though those are a part of what God has for us, but you're missing out on the... The major nutrients that cause development, they cause growth. Thank God this is a place where you get it all. I love Living Word because we're real. Our pastor's real. We're not, we're not phony. We're not playing church. We're not thinking we're somebody or not. We're real. We're real. Our pastor's real. There's a real God in here.
the real Holy Ghost that's able to change the heart of man. But I thank God because, like I said, the Bible says, yeah, there's few teach there's many teachers, but few fathers. Because there's nobody wants to be a son. Everybody wants to be in charge of their own life. Everybody wants to make this. And why do I have? Yeah, and even sometimes your wife will tell, maybe you should check with the, fa- the pastor. No, why don't I have to check with him? I, I'm not going to bother him. We'll, we'll, we'll just put an excuse. Now, I'm not telling you to go to every little thing to ask your pastor. But major decisions that you have in your life, you need the guidance. I need the guidance. I'm there pastoring, and I've been there 16 years, and I got guys, I'm a pastor, a pastor, I got God, spiritual sons that are out, and I still need my pastor, because I'm a son, because I was loved, I was accepted, even though I was all messed up, and I know that I had a lot of issues in my life at the beginning, I had a bad past when I came here. And things that had happened in my life, nobody judged me. My pastor didn't judge me. He loved me. And everything that he did for me and my family was for our benefit, nothing that was for self-benefit. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. I've been in other places, and I understand. And, and, and things happen. I was being used. You're in a good place. Man, I would encourage you, man, to lose your life, lose yourself. You don't have to be a, with pastor every minute. As he's preaching the gospel on Sunday, as he's giving the word, man, that's more than enough that you need to grow and to nurture yourself and to develop uh, in the things of God uh, and to get lit for God and to get full of the Holy Ghost uh, and get infected with the DNA, uh, the vision of the house so you can run with it, so you can understand. How do you know you have the right DNA, DNA especially in this uh, family, is that there's development. There's development. E- effective Christians continually develop themselves. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you're in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, that he's your Savior, he is a new creation. You're a new creation, reborn, renewed by the Holy Ghost. The old things and previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. You're not that person anymore. You're taking on a new crea- a new person, a, a new individual. It says, behold, new things have become, be- uh, become new because spiritual awakening brings a new life. There's a new life that God has for you. And it's going to happen here and it's being imparted into your life here. The DNA that's being preached uh, out here, which is the word of God uh, for our family of living word, uh, it will develop you. It'll make you grow. It'll make you grow. It'll make you be challenged. I, I think uh, we challenge, uh, uh, man, we get challenged in this ministry. We don't get pampered. Uh, we don't get just seek comfort or anything like that. Man, what did Southern Comfort do to you? Nothing. Just got you dumb. We don't seek comfort. Effective Christians can continually develop themselves. Spiritual growth just doesn't happen. You must know yourself before you grow yourself. You need to understand. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. 
The DNA that is in this house will develop you. It'll develop you. It'll challenge you. And not only that, but through the development process, it, the first thing it does, it motivates you. It motivates you and it gets you going. Motivation will get you moving in a direction. You can't come here and be idle. You're not going to be idle. You're going to move. You've you, you got to be concerned about where you're at. If you're not moving in a direction, if you're not growing, then there's something wrong. You're taking on a different DNA. Motivation gets you going and discipline keeps you growing. Then you've got to learn to discipline yourself. 2 Peter 1.10 says, Therefore, believers, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and and choosing you, be sure that your behavior reflects and confirms your relationship with God. By doing these things, actively developing these virtues, you will never stumble in your spiritual growth and you will live a life that leads others away from sin. That leads others away from sin. As a matter of fact, God will begin to use your life as a living epistle or a living testimony of what God can do to an individual that has surrendered to God. Then you become a light unto a world that is in darkness. Then you begin to have victory in your life because of the blood of the lamb and by the words of your testimony can i hear an amen somebody god will begin to lose your life your family will begin to notice you your tia kuka will finally get saved hello somebody people will begin to get delivered around you your family will, will be infected by everything that is happening in your life when you begin to grow and your life begins to transform and they see it right before your very eyes, they know you were all messed up. They know you were a crackhead. You were a dauphine. All of a sudden, you're carrying a Bible. All of a sudden, you're living for God. Can I hear an amen? amen. It's going to motivate other people. There's development. That's only when, the, when there's no development. You're there. You're idle. You're stagnant. Your family and people are watching and say, oh, God ain't real. Look at them. They're still complaining. They're still acting the same way. When you get infected with the DNA that is in this house, there's going to be development. And there's going to be functioning. Functioning. Everybody say functioning. functioning. That word functioning means to perform, to serve, to work, to be responsible, to have duty, to have an aim. To have activity, to have an assignment. You have an assignment. There's an assignment for you. Uh, that word function means obligation. You're obligated now because you belong to the family of God and you're being imparted this life that's coming on you by the way of the Holy Ghost with the Word of God. This is your DNA. That as we are part of the body of Christ, how we function. Other ministries, other things. This is the way living word functions. This is our DNA. We work. Turn to your neighbor and say, we work, and we know how to work. We used to work the streets. Right? Man, we used to work it good. We used to work sin. That word functioning means uh, obligation. It means a task. And it means mission. To take on a mission. There's things uh, that when God begins to develop you, he doesn't just develop you just so you can grow and, and be, you know, there for, you know, for like a trophy. Oh, yeah, he's being, oh, look, at he's so developed. But only his head is being developed. 
But when you begin to develop and God begins to develop you and challenge you, then there's direction, which is functioning. That now this is because of the development happening in your life. These are the things that should be functioning in your life. You should be serving. For, I mean, serving, work, having responsibility. Responsibility as a man or woman of God. Responsibility in the house of God. Responsibility, taking on responsibility, working whatever is needed, helping, uh, making the house of God uh, strong. Uh, you got a strong family, you have a strong church, uh, you have a strong church. Uh, man, God is able to do great things in the community. Can I hear an amen, somebody? There's functioning, responsibilities. Opposite of, uh, of functioning, the opposite of that is dysfunctional. The opposite of functioning is jobless, like we all were before we got saved. Well, I had a job, uh, you know. No, you didn't. You, 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 yeah, you had a job by robbing somebody. Hell, burglarizing a house, stealing somebody's car like I did. Hello, am I the only one? Opposite of functioning is dysfunctional, jobless, or unemployed. Dysfunctional. And that's our life before we knew God. We're dysfunctional. Meaning that we took on all kinds of strange morals and beliefs. We took on all kinds of weird values. Uh, we just did. We just value, you know, weird stuff. I like what Paul says in Philippians three twelve and thirteen. This was Paul talking about his development and his growth and him functioning. He said, "Not that I've already obtained all this. In other words, he hasn't obtained everything that God had for him, or have arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me." In other words, he said, my whole goal, my whole purpose in life, my whole vision is for that very thing that why God got a hold of me and he pulled me out and he spared my life. There was purpose behind that. Why God found you and he picked you up and he pulled you out of that pit. He didn't just pull you out to sit you in the church. He pulled you out because he had purpose for your life. There's meaning in your life. There's a destiny that has been laid in your spirit even before you were born. And that's the, Paul was saying, hey, I got it now. God didn't just save me to save me. God saved me because he had something for me to do. There's something for me to do. And there's something for you to do. That's when you begin to function in the DNA. It'll, it'll cause you to function. You'll see the need. And you won't worry, wait to be asked to do something. You'll see the need, man. And you'll go through the right channel. So I, I want to help in that area. I want to be a part of that. Uh, they need more children. So, uh, ministry workers, I want to be a part of that. Hello, somebody. Uh, I want to be a part of this ministry or that ministry. The ushers, the greeters, and all the things, that opportunities that we have. Paul understood that. He said, that very thing that God took hold of me, that's the very thing that I want to do, that I press on towards. He said, brother and sister, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. And then the last thing is we all stand to our feet. So the DNA, there's development, functioning, and reproduction. That's when you know you've been infected with the DNA. Reproduction simply means to multiply. You begin to produce after your own kind. All of us, everything God created has the ability to produce after its own kind. The seeds, the, the animals. God puts seed in everything to produce after its own kind. We have seed and the seed is the word of God. And the Bible says that he gives seed to the sower. 
to those that have the right that that are on fire for God that they, man God provides them with seed and he gives it out and he gives it out the seed is the word that has been implanted in you that has been being effective in your life that's all I'm doing in Chino Hills all those things that have been planted in me, the seed that was poured out behind the pulpit. See, right now, seed is going out. Seed is going out. Seed is going out. Seed is going out. It's going out. And this, the problem is not with the seed. The seed is able to produce after its kind. It's the ground that has the problem. Because it's not open to receive it. But if you let it fall on your heart, and you guard it and protect it because the seed, that's what the devil's after. He wants to rob the seed out of your life because he knows the seed will produce life. And that's the DNA. It'll produce life in you and you'll begin to multiply. That means everywhere you go, man, when you let the seed, it becomes real in you. And it becomes part of your belief system uh, and it brings life to you. Then everywhere you go, man, you're, you're, you're giving life. Everything you say that God just begins to anoint your words uh, and your words have weight on them. And your words are able to produce uh, and you just speak into people's life. That's all I do in Chino Hills. I, I just speak life into people. I speak life. I don't care. I can see that they're messed up. I can see they're struggling. I don't look at that. I look at a vessel that God loves. I look at a vessel that God spared. Just the way that I was when I came into the house of God. They didn't look at all my faults. They just saw a vessel. A man that was broken. A man that was wounded. They spoke life to me. And the seed came. And the seed came. And it changed my heart. Oh my God, it produced life in me. Me and my wife, we were transformed. Oh, we got infected with the DNA. I know who my daddy is. My daddy's right here. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Oh my God, everything that has been imparted to me has come from my pastor, the shepherd that is after God's heart. Everything in me. And that's all I do in Chino Hills. I just give seed. I give seed. I don't care if they come beat, beat up, tore up, messed up. Now give them seed and they'll get some, but then they'll make mistakes and they'll leave. And I know they'll be back. You know why? Because I used to see people do that when I was there here, here at the church with pastor. He would give them grace, give them love, speak life into them, and they'll leave. And I, I want to say, oh, look at that dirty, rotten scoundrel. <laughs> pastor said, he would say, don't worry, Emmanuel. They'll be back. And sure enough, welcome back. <laughs> Some of you. And they'll be back. And I went, wow. And then I would see them come back. Because seed went out. And it was good seed. That's all they do in Chino Hills, man. I give out seed. I do what I've been taught. I do what has been imparted to me. And that's the very thing that gives life. And God is still developing it. God is still developing me. There's some of you here that are called, man. You have the call of God. Some of you are going to be pastors. There's so many pastors in this house. You don't understand that our pastor has an apostolic gift. A real one. Not just people that make a card and say, I'm an you know, apostle. Where's your church? I don't have one. Where's your people? I don't have one. What the heck? Are, what kind of apostle are you? To the cucarachas? They're all following you when they came in. They come to my church trying to impress me. I'm apostle so-and-so. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
what, what church you go to? Who's your pastor? Well, I don't have a church right now. I'm just where the Lord leads me. And I'm like thinking, yeah, the Lord's going to lead you right out of this place too because they just want to try to get behind the pulpit. This is, we have a genuine apostolic ministry because we have a genuine apostolic pastor, leader of this ministry. That's why we're multiplying. That's why there's multiplication. There's reproduction, growth, functioning in the house of God. And then there's reproduction in the house and out of the house. Reach, teach, mend, and send. Sending into ministry. Not everybody's going to go out. We've got to have a strong mama church. We, the, the church has to be strong. You've got to have pillars that are just in the church that are not called. That's fine. But it's going to be a launching pad, a strong, that we can send other that have the call. We can send them out. And a lot of you are going out. But you've got to carry the DNA. And the proof is in the pudding when you go out to see who's your daddy. And what kind of DNA you carry? Are you reproducing what has been imparted to you? Or you took that and now you're creating? Because you could change the DNA. DNA can be changed. Because you're listening to other all this. Oh, there's a better way. And then you just pollute the very thing that has been tried and tested. And it's so precious, you just polluted it. I know what I'm talking about. And that temptation is always there. It is always there. You got to fight to hold on to the pure DNA that has been imparted to you. I have to fight. Me and my wife have to fight. There's a lot of voices that look good. But everything that shines is not gold, man. You got to remember who's your daddy. I tell myself, who's your daddy? All these dudes that come around, oh, you know, you should be, man, you're not my father. I don't, I don't listen to that voice. I know the voice that I listen to. And because of that, there's safety. And because of that, there's continued growth and development. And because of that, there's still functioning in my life, even in hard times and everything's still moving. There's reproduction. There's people getting saved there in our church constantly. The door people are always getting saved at every service. People are responding to the call of God and all this. And that's great. And I get excited. My wife and I get excited just to be a part of it. But I know where it came from. Of course, it came from God. It came from God to the shepherd that God placed in my life. And I light myself up and I put myself under his covering. And I forget about everything I knew. Because I, I wasn't in another ministry for a few years before I came here. I had to let all that stuff go. I remember my pastor told me when I came here, he knew I was from another ministry. He said, hey, Manuel, it's okay. Everything you did there, it's good. It's recorded in heaven. Nobody can take that away from you. But turn around and let God, God's going to do a new thing in you. You're in a new season. And so I had to let everything go. I had to get all the way that I used to think. And because then you just come with a judgmental spirit. Of, well, we used to do it like that. Man, get your used to. It was so good. Why are you here? I had to let go of all that stuff. I had to empty myself. And it takes it took humility. I had to empty myself. I had to shut my brain down and say, no, stop thinking like that. I, and I, I struggled. It was so hard. But I wanted it because I saw my pastor, man, and the anointing on his life and the grace of God that I never 
experience God's grace the way I experience it here. Never. Let it go. Turn your neighbor and say, let it go. Tell him, don't let me go. For those of you that are married. Maybe the worship team can make their way up. As every head is bowed and every eye closed in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God. Oh, Rabarianda. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Or maybe you're here this morning and you had given your heart to God, but you're not where you should be, man. Your heart is cold, you're drifting. Well, this morning, man, you could have a new start. And if you're here this morning and you want to accept Jesus into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior for the very first time, or if you want to rededicate your heart, you want to rededicate your heart, man. And you want a new start. I want to pray with you this morning. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed and you're here this morning, you say, that's me, man. I need a new start, man. I, I've been drifting. I've been getting weird. Or if you want to give your heart for the very first time, I want to pray with you. And it's a very simple prayer. And if that's you here this morning, I, I just want you to slip up your hand and say, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? Anybody here this morning, you need Jesus. You need a new start. You need to rededicate your life. Hallelujah. Or maybe you're here this morning and you know you're called. You could feel it, man. But you're having struggle of just letting things go. You're having a struggle of holding on maybe your identity and who you are or where you came from. But I want to encourage you this morning, man. It all begins. Everything begins. It began in my life when I repented and I humbled myself in the presence of God. And that's where I found grace. And that's where I found new life. And maybe you're here and maybe you're getting frustrated. You're there. And maybe you're uncertain, man. Maybe you're still questioning if you belong here. God will make it clear to you this morning. But you got to be open and you got to have your heart open and your mind open. And you got to be open to hear what God says.